This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Tracy Sheen. Tracy has worked in the tech space since the 1990s and is passionate about helping business owners understand and embrace tech. She's known for delivering down-to-earth practical advice, and she joins me today to explain how businesses can ditch their technophobia and make digital solutions work for them. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you. It's so lovely to join you. Now, you are a bit of a self-described geek. Where did that passion for tech come from? It's a good question. Um, I got into small business technology back in 1990. So I grew up in the Northern Rivers of New South Wales and my very first job was with a company that was around then called Strathville Car Radios and I started selling mobile phones back in 1990. So they'd only really been around in Australia for a couple of years and then I just became addicted to the concept of what fax machines and mobile phones could do for small business owners and my career kind of went on from there. That was the day of the pager before that, wasn't it? Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the yuppies wandering around with their pager attached to their belt, having to rush to the nearest payphone to dial in and check what was happening. <laughs> and it, it's hard to imagine life without mobile phones now, really. Oh, completely. I don't know that any of us would know how to live our lives without phones. You know, the thought that... All of our kids have them and, you know, I can remember being a kid growing up in casino, you'd kind of leave home and ride your bike to school and no one would see of you and as long as you were home in time for dinner and before it got dark, you were fine. But now, you know, parents are able to click on their phone and go, oh, little Johnny's here and all is okay. (laughs) You know, we just, yeah, it's so changed in the last couple of decades. Yeah, I know. Like our kids have got um, those space talk watches and you know, mm-hmm. the smart watches that <laughs> mainly not really because we're keeping tabs on them at all because I can't really recall looking at where their position is but more because if we're running late for something we can call them <laughs> on their little their little watches and go wait here <laughs> it feels like there's so much more coordination needed between parents and kids now than there ever was when I was a teenager or a child you know there's so much more you guys have going on between coordinating netball and fizzy and soccer and cricket and it's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God, the number of activities, it's crazy. <laughs> Indeed. Now, we're digressing. You have recently written another book and it's called The End of Technophobia, Practical Guide to Digitising Your Business. You know that, you wrote that. <laughs> so, <laughs> when did you realise that there was a need for this kind of guide for small business owners? Yeah, I've been in this advisory field with digital solutions for a number of years and 
if we if we cast our mind right back to pre-pandemic times, I was uh, partnering with the federal government for one of their small business advisory programs, and I was speaking to hundreds and hundreds of small business owners. And typically, most of the people that were approaching me were over forty. And you know, we I'm putting myself in in this camp here because I am. We didn't grow up with tech, you know. So technology has happened to us, but we recognise that it's going to be the thing that makes a difference to the way our business operates, to providing resilience to the business, to future-proofing the business. So we're keen to learn, but often we've been burnt. You know, we've, we've approached a web designer or we've wanted something done and the results have not been what have been expected. So just on the back of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations I kept having over and over with small business owners, I just went, you know what, there's a space here that isn't being filled. There's a digital divide that is opening up. And if we don't plug it, um, small business in Australia is is in a world of pain. Mm, Because despite the fact that there are lots of these millennial um, businesses that have opened up in the last few years, small business was predominantly, you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old people, the family businesses, and there is that digital divide there, isn't there? I mean, what do you think is holding those business owners back from embracing um, digital tech? Yeah, and, and it's interesting because the, the stats still show us. So if we look at the, the ABS data, it's around about 63% of all registered ABNs in Australia are actually over 40. So there's still a vast majority of our business owners that are in that Gen X age group. And I think there's a few things. One, there's, you know, there's sunk cost. So we've already invested in something and we're just going to hang on to this thing and try and make it work no matter what, you know, we're just going to keep plugging away at it. There's overwhelm. You know, every other day there's something new coming out and people are saying, oh, so you need to be on this or you should be on this platform now or you're not using Trello. How are you surviving in your business? (laughs) And everywhere small business owners look, there's another opportunity, there's another platform, there's another software service, there's another piece of tech that they should, in inverted commas, be using in their business. So there's a sense of overwhelm of, well, how do I even know what I need? And and if I start looking for something, then 20 people give me 50 different options and now I'm just going to do nothing because I've gone into overwhelm. So there's a few things I think that that stop them, um, but the good news is there's, there's some easy solutions to it. When um, a business owner is looking for those solutions, how do they identify what the right one is for them? I think the first thing you need to do is just kind of pause and do a bit of a, I call it a digital audit. So you really need to look at, first of all, what are you already using in the business? What's already working? And I do that because it usually instills a bit of confidence in you to go, oh, hang on a minute, I've actually already got zero and and I am using a mobile and a, and a laptop and I've got a tablet and I've got Trello and I've got Facebook and I've got a website. So once they can see how much tech has actually already um, invaded and bolstered their business, it, it starts you off on that kind of like, okay, I've got a bit of a handle on this. And the next thing to do is is really identify what's that that big gap that if we could plug it would make a big difference in your business. 
And that's going to be different for everyone. It might be a marketing solution. It might be a HR solution. Maybe it's something to do with understanding your numbers better. Whatever that is, you need to identify and pick one thing. What I see happen time and time again is people go, oh, I need to digitize my business. Well, that's great, but that's like, you know, that that's a, a never-ending story. So pick one thing that if you invested some time, money, and energy into would make a big difference in your business. Go for a small win. Once you've identified that, let's say it's productivity as an example. Once you've identified that, then start to draw a bit of a matrix up for yourself and go, what am I really looking for? Is it that I need something to manage a project? Is it that I need something to track all of my tasks? What are the things that you need this solution to do for you? And then based on that, have a look at a couple of different options. There will always be two or three that will float to the top as the most recommended or the ones that are talked about consistently. Run those couple, two or three, through your matrix and identify what are the ones that tick the boxes and then just pick one. Because guess what? At the end of the day, most of those, you know, two or three that float to the top are pretty much the same. They've just got a different brand to them and you need to start investing the time, effort and energy to get to understand that one program. Often what happens is we pick one and then we go, oh, well, it's not quite doing everything. So we kind of dip a toe in the water and then back out and go back to our Excel spreadsheet. So pick one, invest some time, give yourself a month or three months to go, I'm really going to dive into this and figure it out. And at that point, stick your head above the foxhole again and, and ask yourself, is it ticking those boxes that I needed to from this piece of software? If it is, go forth. If it's not, pause, evaluate, come back out and have another look. And once business owners do embrace those digital solutions, there's a roll-on effect, isn't there? There's so many other areas that they can see where, oh, if I just adopted this technology, then that might also streamline something else. Oh, 100%. For me, it's all about finding the quick win. So if you can identify that one thing and you nail that and you start to go, okay, I have streamlined, I have found an extra 30 minutes in my week or whatever that, that big win was going to be for you, you'll then have the time to look at that piece of software even further and go, oh, I didn't realize it did that or now it can connect with this and that's the next thing I want to tick off my list. So look for the quick wins. It's like, you know, when we start a a gym routine or you start working with a PT or something, you, you want to set yourself, okay, at the end of 30 days, I want to be able to do, I don't know, 10 crunches. I've just started Reformer Pilates. So I'm doing a 30 day challenge, right? Which is why I'm in that headspace. You want to, you want to set yourself that like at the end of this period of time, here was my benchmark and here's where I want to be. And just acknowledge the fact that you're giving it a go just by being open and aware to what's available to you as a business owner these days. That's half the battle. Mm. And when you say um, some will float to the top, how do you know whose recommendations to trust? Should be look you be looking for, you know, other business owners leaving testimonials or should you be scouring reviews on the internet? How will you know which are the maybe two or three solutions that, that are that are the cream of the crop? I'm 
always cautious about asking other business owners for recommendations. You see this a lot on, you know, social media groups. Someone will say, oh, I'm looking for a CRM or an email marketing platform. And people will just pile on, you know, HubSpot, Agile, you know, like names are just thrown about over and over and over again. If you're going to ask crowdsource information, ask people that are in the same industry as you and are looking to achieve the same kind of results that you're in. There's no point asking a business coach what CRM they, they recommend if you're an accountant. You're probably looking for different things. There's no point asking a, a plumber what um, invoicing platform they want to use or what time tracking platform they want to use if you're a dentist. You know, So at least narrow it down to an industry. So if you're in an industry group or something, you know, put it out to your association, put it out to your own industry group where you can give a bit of context to begin with. So, you know, hey, I'm an accountant. I work with small business owners. Um, We specialise in, I don't know, uh, self-managed super funds. Uh, We're looking for a CRM that will do this, this and this. Anyone got any recommendations? at least provide some context because, you know, we're so quick to kind of tell you what doesn't work and what we like, but that's useless if it's not going to tick the things that you're looking for to begin with. So that would be the first thing I would say. Beware who you're crowdsourcing your information from. (laughs) Yeah, and compare apples to apples. (laughs) Absolutely. And then if you, you know, let's say you're looking for a CRM, you know, if you Google best CRM, have a look at, Who's benefiting from writing that blog, that video, that whatever? If they're, if it's HubSpot writing the blog, then sure, read it, but go into it kind of going, well, HubSpot should be looking pretty good out of this or, you know, they're not <laughs> writing a very good blog. But then also look for people like me, doesn't have to be me, but like me who don't have a vested interest in which platform you choose. There are digital solution providers that want, that don't execute. And by that, I mean that don't then try and sell you a, you know, insert random platform that are just there to kind of say to you, okay, what are you looking to achieve? Where do you see your business going? Here's the top couple that I would recommend you have a look at. Here's why. Now, based on that, go away and do your own research. Do you think the pandemic has kind of shifted the balance for business owners in terms of their views towards digitizing their business? Absolutely. What we've what we've seen is that certainly it's accelerated the adaptation and adoption of technology within small businesses. You know, the the stats you only have to look at some of the reports that came out from Australia Post and and those things about you know last November was the largest for black what do they call it, Black Thursday? Black Friday. Black Friday, thank you, was the largest cyber spend month ever in Australia. Um, so definitely, definitely we're seeing a far a, a big shift towards people kind of going, okay, there's some stuff here I need to adopt. What we're seeing, though, is it's typically around the e-commerce platforms and maybe they're picking up a bit of social media. They're not necessarily actually digitising their business in terms of productivity or HR or virtual working or things like that. So um, the other thing we're seeing is this, as we've talked about, this divide opening up that I'm seeing because I'm based in regional areas and I'm really passionate about regional Australia in particular, is that there's still 
great swathes of regional Australia that are only now just getting reasonable internet coverage to be able to begin the digitisation process. So we've got a long way to go in helping those small business owners actually recognise what the upgrades to their internet capabilities mean for them other than, hey, I can just stream Netflix now without it buffering um, <laughs> versus... Important. Metric, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Good grief. How, you know, I didn't get through the pandemic without binging on the great for no reason. Um, but, you know, versus a metro-style business that has had 5G capabilities and the ability to upskill themselves with... Um, in-person workshops, webinars, and a whole lot of other stuff while this pandemic's been taking place. Yeah. So you think there's still a big education piece for small business owners in those regional and rural areas? Definitely. Definitely. I've done a lot of travelling out around regional remote Australia um, and I've run a lot of workshops and, you know, I can tell you I've had people turn up to workshops time and time again that have said, I would not join a webinar before now because I just wasn't sure what I was doing. So once you get them to understand that, you know, yes, you click on this link, yes, it'll take you to Zoom, but guess what? Now this is opening up a whole other world for you in terms of you being able to upskill yourself and find other webinars and other pieces of educational content. That's, that's just a huge leap for them right there. And you touched briefly on like e-commerce and social. How vital is it for businesses to have social presence these days? We all need social. Uh, the one thing I would say, the asterisk terms and conditions apply, we must have our own presence that we own. So some kind of website, client portal, whatever that looks like, because at the end of the day, you do not own your social media presence. You know, as much as your business might rely on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn or wherever you're hanging out, you need to be there because your clients are there, 100%. However, you need to have a strategy and a, a thing in place that is keeping your clients engaged in ways that you can control, email data lists, websites, etc. Because if your Facebook page goes down, and we've seen it time and time again with trolling and all those kinds of things where, you know, for whatever reason, Facebook will just suddenly switch your page off. Yeah. Oh, and when they turned off all those businesses. <laughs> Absolutely. And then if you don't have a strategy in place, what happens? So, yes, you need social. Absolutely. But it needs to be part of a bigger strategy. And you talked about EDM, so how do businesses go about um, creating that database if they don't have one? Because there used to be a time when people would buy an email database and I think mm. personally, why would you ever do that? Because mm. who are those people and what do they really care about your business? They've got no relationship. So what, what would you suggest for people that are trying to start building their 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 email database, how would how would you encourage them to get subscribers? I'm a huge fan of old school marketing from that. So for partnerships, you know, who do you know that has your client base before or after an interaction with you? So non-competing, people that are complementary. So if we use the analogy of a, an accountant again, perhaps a solicitor. 
You know, you know that those people are an insurance broker. You know that your clients are going to interact with those other people. Reach out to them. See if you can write a blog. Can you host a webinar together? Is there something else that you can do that will, you know, help to build your database, add value, more importantly, to the people that you're trying to engage as your clients or prospects and add value to the people that you're going into partnership with. So I'm a huge fan of partnerships. That would be my number one kind of uh, recommendation for anyone looking to build a community. Start by looking to who do you already know that is complementary to your business and non-competing that you could do something together. And lastly, if a business only had the opportunity to digitise one aspect of their business, what would you recommend it be? Oh, wow. That's, um, you, you're backing me into a corner here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wondering, is it, should they be thinking about their payment options, their accounting? Is it something like that? Gosh, look, that one's really going to depend on the industry and the business. Really, really is. Because, you know, if you're someone who transacts predominantly online, then absolutely, you would want to make sure that your marketing and your sales process is nailed so that customer journey is seamless. We've all gone to websites where, you know, we're still getting dear insert first name or we suddenly get, um, you know, a barrage of emails within three minutes of buying the first product or now you've bought this, you've got five seconds to buy this and, oh, you didn't buy that, maybe buy this, you know, put your customer in the centre and build that out properly. So if you're an e-commerce or transacting online, that would be the one part that I would say focus on and get that right. If you're still bricks and mortar or in some way face-to-face, have a face-to-face component, then I would say get a CRM, you know, that's get some kind of customer relations management system in place that may have EDM off the back end, may do, you know, go into funnels and marketing automation at a later stage, but start really focusing on collecting information about your client base, perspective and otherwise, so you can start creating really niche targeted comms so you're not sending out these blasts of information that are completely irrelevant to 90% of mm. your database. What if you're like a tradie or someone in that kind of sector? Yeah, tradie. I'd still say all tradies need to have CRMs. I'm blown away by the amount that don't um, because, you know, you have such an opportunity to form a lasting relationship with your clients. You know, we, we always need sparkies or plumbers or something and I'm far more likely to recommend and refer someone that I've had a good experience with. So if you're, you know, just reaching out to me, if we think about, you know, just the current world situation, if we look at WA's just finished bushfires, the whole east coast of Australia is basically under some kind of rain event. Um, you know, if you're a sparky or a plumber right now or a builder or a pest or anything, being able to just shoot little messages to your client base to go, hey, you know, while you're going through this, here's a couple of top tips or, you know, here's a tip that you might want to think about to, you know, when you're coming back into your building or before you exit your building or, you know, whatever, just that way to keep a relationship going with your client. So I'd still say CRM for those for those folks. And are there any kind of common mistakes that people need to avoid when they're thinking about, yep, I'm going to adopt digital solutions? The number one, they try and do everything all at once. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, well, we they just, are wearing a lot of hats, so no absolutely, wonder. <laughs> that's absolutely right. You know, we're so used to multitasking and, you know, jumping from thing to thing that we dive into everything and then we get, you know, shiny shiny butterfly syndrome and, you know, suddenly look out the window and go, oh, that's a good idea, let's jump over there. And then we've got a half-finished project of like adopting Trello over here and now we're on to building a CRM but nothing ever really gets finished. So go back to that audit, have a look at what you've already got in place, have a look at what you're paying for you know, because we all get that bill shock at the end of the month or the end of the quarter when we look, go back through our account and go, I didn't know I was paying for that. What, what even is that software platform? And then you kind of go scrounging through trying to figure it out. Have a look at what you've already got and maybe have a look at a solution that you're already paying for that maybe you're only using 50% of it. So really stop trying to do everything figure out what's that one thing that if I got that right in the next three months, it would make a big difference to my business and do that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's been absolutely fantastic chatting with you today. So much valuable advice, I think, for our listeners. That's been wonderful. Thank you for having me on. You're most welcome. Thank you. Bye.